Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcasting live on the Mix Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Casey, the floor is yours. All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of the Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to uh, showcase indie entertainers and creative types from all walks. I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or project to sell, then I want to hear from you. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can ask anybody I'm well engaged on there, at Cutting Room MRB, or you can like me on Facebook. Hit me up on Facebook there, uh, at Cutting Room, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. <coughs> Excuse me. If you have a, uh, a project that you want to promote, if uh, you want to be on the show yourself, if, you want, if you're uh, a musician and you have some music that you want me to play, uh, let me know what you're thinking, and uh, I'm happy to help you guys out. Uh, also, I do a lot of pr- uh, promotions for crowdfunding campaigns. This is my guest today, can attest. Uh, quick little thank you, as we do at the top of the show, to my announcer, Wolf, who acts as my, uh, who plays me on there. Uh, you can listen to him and his dear wife, Susan, every Friday night from 8 o'clock until midnight, right here on the Mix Radio Network and the Live from the Morgue podcast. I always have fun ho- uh, hopping on that show. Uh, also, to Michael Cardillo, who wrote my jingle for me, and uh, for the referral, Jody Bentley, uh, who put me in touch with uh, my guest today, Mark Edward Lewis. Uh, so the reason, that, of course, that you're listening to this now or downloading it later is to listen to my uh, my interview with uh, with Mark Edward Lewis. I also like to, uh, you know, wish my uh, fellow Quebecers a happy Saint Jean Baptiste weekend or Johnny Two Four, as they call it in the English uh, uh, community. So uh, enjoy the long weekend, be safe, and I hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Uh, so my guest today, of course, is Mark Edward Lewis. Uh, he is the director and creator and writer of a new series, uh, that, uh, this new sci-fi series that looks really, really cool, especially if you're into Doctor Who and a bunch of other different things, or Battlestar Galactica, I'm sorry. Uh, but the uh, the series itself is called Blade of Honor, and he's here to talk about uh, his adventures in terms of uh, crowdfunding and all kinds of other great stuff as well. So the Cutting Room Floor proudly welcomes for the first time. It's always great to have new people on the show. Mark Edward Lewis. Uh, Mark, how are hey. you? My, hey, Casey. I'm, uh, I'm pleasure to be on the show, and happy uh, Jean Baptiste Day to all y'all on the East Coast. You know what that is? I, I, I don't normally get a lot of Americans who actually know what that is. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's usually real close to whenever July Fourth is for us Independence Day. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So so basically in Quebec we're lucky because we get two holidays two weeks in a row. So we get super. Uh, and you know, and then um, we we get the, we get the first of July off, and you guys get the fourth. So believe it or not, I actually burned one of the two July Fourths that I have missed in my own country in toronto watching the fireworks festival the international fireworks festival they i don't know if they still have it but we were there up in the cn tower believe it or not on july 4th watching it you several saw, years back it was incredible you, you you saw the fireworks festival from the cn tower yeah it was it was incredible uh, okay i'm officially jealous 
because I mean that that was I mean I, I mean I've been up the the CN Tower many times, of course, as most Canadians have. I would think it, I mean that's one of those things that you got to do at least once in your life if you live here. But but to see a fireworks display from the CN Tower, that that would be really cool. It was really interesting because the fireworks actually burst below the observation deck, so you're watching them from above. That's right. You, you, know, you, you think that you know you think that fireworks go up so high. I mean, they sort of do, but the CN Tower is like way up there, and you're actually and you're looking at them over the water. Uh, it's, it was really something. So, jeez, uh, okay, that's cool. So, uh, so to hop into, um, I mean, I understand that you've got a we got a lot of ground to cover here. Uh, you know, not only for uh, for Blade of Honor, but but uh, you know, a couple of your other personal projects as well, Mark. But uh, you know, just to kick things off, what exactly is Blade of Honor about? Well, let me let me correct a couple of things. First of all, um, uh, just so I make we make sure we get the credits right, uh, I co-created this with my brother back two thousand one, two thousand and two. So I'm not the okay. only okay. official uh, IP creator. And he and I had a uh, a sci-fi show based on a concept of uh, basically that we pitched to Kristana Loken way way back when she right around the time she was in Painkiller Jane, and she was too busy and all of that, uh, and it sort of stayed. In, in the back burner of uh, a sort of uh, Battlestar Galactica meets Oblivion, uh, the movie with Tom Cruise put together. And over the years, it's gone through all kinds of iterations. And until I finally uh, started connecting with some of the incredible visual effects folks who work in the fan film community and realized that the 190-odd visual effects shots that we needed could be done affordably and could possibly even be crowdfunded, along with uh, a great cast that includes uh, Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager, Aaron Eisenberg from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, James Kyson from Heroes, Richard Hatch, uh, unfortunately the late Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica and BSG and 8 million other things. And then an incredible cast with other people from uh, Star Trek fan films like uh, Rivka Ravenwood uh, from Star Trek New Voyages and Hidden Frontier, Brandon Stacy, who plays Spock in Star Trek New Voyages, uh, and then, of course, Ryan T. Husk, who's in just about every other film, fan film you can think of. Um, and then also uh, Rivka came on as co-writer with me. So she actually co-wrote the script. And uh, we, uh, you know, how I don't know. Well, you've been involved in crowdfunding a while. And sometimes you'll write a script and you're like, this is going to be great. And then you look at the fact that your slot with uh, everyone else uh, in your crowdfunding in a particular year or time period is going, Hey, well, you're also going against Star Trek Axanar. You're also going against Star Trek Renegades. You're also going against, and you're like, you know, we might be biting off more than we can chew. Uh, Cause we had never raised money for this production and, and it didn't have the tent pole pull that a Star Trek or a Star Wars or a, a, one of these other fan films. So we're like, this is brand new, even though we've got an amazing cast. So we, uh, you know, Rivka came in and we said, look, we need to pare this down from this giant thing that was going to be amazing to a shorter thing that's going to be amazing. And we have uh, an episode that I'm really proud of, that uh, so many amazing people from all of these films, uh, fan films, including Axanar and Star Trek Continues and New Voyages and Fifth Passenger and uh, uh, Nobility and uh, Space. I mean, you name the fan film. Somebody from one of those productions is a part of us. But all of those people also work in Hollywood somehow, or they work uh, for Hollywood. Um, uh, we've, we've had Tobias Richter 
do a bunch of visual effects for us. Pony Horton uh, um, and then Tommy Craft. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's a who's who of people working actively doing incredible work uh, from the Department of the Redundancy Department, working, doing good work. No, no, uh, you, you yeah. honed in on the the whole notion of the fan film, and I mean, this is something that that uh, you know. I first of all, you know, to to make a slight correction on my side, I'm more involved in crowdfunding promotion as opposed to having any kind of solid experience actually running one myself. <laughs> so I've oh I've, great, so well that's fine. Um, we you know we have a lot of people ask us, hey, are you know we love fan films and thanks so much. Well, we are not a fan film, and what I like to say is. People who work on fan, fan films aren't necessarily, although some are, fan films aren't necessarily professional productions, but the people who work on them sometimes are. And we've taken the best of those people, uh, and they're now on this show. And all, all of those people work professionally in, in Hollywood. Not to say that people who aren't professional aren't great. I mean, they're, uh, some of our best friends work on, you know, they have day jobs, and they just they love being on set, and they love being in post, and they do incredible work, and we love them. And the people that we have on Blade of Honor, are uh, they're up to big things. You can go look at their IMDb pages and you'll be like, whoa, these, these are serious cats working on films or television shows that I have watched or currently watch. When it comes to crowdfunding, uh, we've been a part of, I don't know now, what are we up to? Maybe $2 million worth of crowdfunding over the course of the last three or four years based on our involvement, not necessarily running them directly, but being affiliated with them in various forms, not only sci-fi films, but also uh, comic books and games and things like this. So crowdfunding for us is one of the most wonderful aspects of development for products that the fans want to see. Well, yeah, way that, you know, for, for anybody in pop culture or anything for that matter, I mean, I, you know, I've had a lot of people on here that are promoting, uh, you know, albums that they're trying to get launched or novels or, you know, uh, art displays, you name it. I mean, over the course of the years. So, but but uh, I mean, I would argue in your favor that, that um, the notion that you're not branding yourself as a pure fan film does give you a certain edge in the sense that that. You know, fan films are often painted with a broad brush. Like you said yourself, you've got some that are garage quality versus some that are almost as good as anything you'd see from the studio set, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the one question that I did have for you when I was kind of looking at this and, and looking at all the elements that you compiled is why did you decide on a series format as opposed to, to say, going with a, a feature film? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I was... Uh on a 33 city tour across North America on a, on a tour where I was teaching filmmakers about how to make their films better via sound. It was called the sound advice tour. And I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I didn't realize that Minneapolis is an art town. And I told these men and women that were in this course at one point, I was like, no, so listen, independent filmmaking is dead. And I had a war. I mean, they stood up and they were yelling at me and <laughs> telling me all this. And I've been in all these other cities and everybody's like kind of nodding going, yeah, you're right. You know, series television, webisodic development, webisodic delivery. You know, when all the Emmys, well, the majority of the Emmys are going to webisodic media of one form or another. I mean, look, let's face it. House of Cards is a webisode. It's right. not on a network. Yeah. It's I, I don't watch it on CBS. It's on the web. And they were up in arms. And but the fact of the matter is we, we always need to do art and there will always be independent film art. I pray we need it just like we, we should always be shooting something in 35 millimeter because it's a beautiful format. 
We need to get the human condition across. I'm not saying that art shouldn't happen. It should. But I'm saying in the world of competition, the ability to get to fans, the ability to make something that people who put their heart and money into can get back again as an investment and keep it going. Independent film is, I mean, that's, that's going away. While at the same time, with the proliferation of technology, crowdfunding, direct access to donors and fans who can just say, here's what I'd like. And we're like, oh, we can do that. This is great. Let's, let's make this. And that happens. I mean, that's such an awesome, it's an awesome time to be making crowdfunded, uh, connect socially, in a sense, socially funded film and television. And in my case, uh, I love the serial ongoing story, ongoing development formats more than a two hour. Thanks very much. OK, here's your popcorn and go away. Okay, well, I'll, I'll ask you another question then, and this, you know, point blank, right? Because I know that I've got opinions on this myself, but do you prefer the open all your presents at once approach, or do you prefer the serial releases over the course of, say, you know, a summer where you have to wait a week in order to be able to go back and consume a new episode? Well, I tell you what I don't like, and maybe this will help answer, because I, I, I have never been able to sit down and binge watch, if that's what you're referring to, binge watch an entire season of anything. Because I, I got too many things to do and I usually get tired and I miss. But I tell you what I don't like. I don't like, here's all your presents at once. Oh, and by the way, in order to open each one, you have to sit through a commercial. Or you have to sit through another week. But here they all are. So I, if I like to have the freedom to be able to go watch them all at once. If I choose, I don't. Some people do. Um, I, I like the release of an entire season at once. That's a huge financial and time commitment. It's, it's why they take a year, uh, you know, to get a new season out when they do that. But I, I like it. Well, and uh, I'm reminded, I mean, you cited the, uh, the, the House of Cards example, and I'll throw a quote. I've used this many, many times on, on this show, but uh, Kevin Spacey a couple of years back was speaking at a uh, – and then a, 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 a television festival in, in uh, Scotland and uh, he gave this great big speech that um, I, I've watched a few times where he said that uh, traditional labels don't matter anymore he said what is it people crave good stories that that was what he was saying was that what difference does it make whether somebody consumes it in two hours in a theater or is it home consuming it over a course of eight hours over the you know in a weekend right they want good we stories, period. Right? And we should probably listen to Kevin Spacey. So, uh, to, to that extent, what kinds of characters are we going to meet in Blade Runner? You know, who, who are we going to meet in Blade Runner in terms of characters? Oh, this is a great question. Actually, no one's ever asked me this question. This is so great. And it's at the core of what Blade of Honor is, are the characters. Any series, for those of you who are writers at all, the difference, the main difference between feature film and television is that uh, feature film generally is about plot right. and television is generally about character development. Uh, so for us, uh, when Rivka and I sat down to go, okay, some of these characters we need to rethink when we go from a movie of the week, which is what Kristana Loken got to an ongoing series, what are we going to do? Well, the first character we realized that we wanted was someone that was our lead. And that is in the form of Arena Cartades, who is a, who was played by Julia Morozawa from Star Trek and Frontier. Uh, she's um, a orphan who's uh, been exposed to some really difficult times in the 12-year war with the Kalinar. 
she's been picked up by the very religious and somewhat mysterious and mystical religious group, the Deridians, and trained. She's now a grandmaster. She can airbend. She's an incredible fighter. And through things which I won't reveal, she has ended up in the galactic military as their number one crack pilot. Um, she's engaged to another great character played by Brandon Stacy, uh, who is the commander of the air group on the, on the, uh, aircraft carrier where all of our military characters live, the Hermes. And he is, uh, he finds himself sort of in a love triangle between his engaged, uh, love arena and one of the pilots who he has under his command, uh, which is a long time, long time removed love relationship, but she's there and it's all above board, but there's that tension. And uh, that character is named um, Spot Check. That's her call sign. That's played by Jody Bentley, who very kindly referred me to you. And uh, she and Brandon and Tim Russ, who plays Grandmaster Uni, who is Julia's or uh, Arena's Grandmaster, who trains her. They were the original three, along with James Kyson, actually. James Kyson, um, who were on our original teaser who came on very, very early, who were like, this is great. We love this. Where do we, how do we get in? And uh, James plays Arena's brother, who is also a pilot, much older, her, her older brother. Um, and uh, he, uh, had, when you create a series, you want characters that are, that are troubled. You don't want everybody's happy characters. And each one of these characters is, has issues, mainly different issues. But uh, with Haas's character, he loves his sister. He hates her fiance, who's his commander, <laughs> and uh, hates that they're engaged. But he is—he's um, seen an awful lot of war. He refuses to be promoted because he doesn't want to command anybody again. Because as we find out in the backstory, um, he had to watch his entire squadron destroyed, and it was his fault. And he's got a lot of shame and guilt around that. Then, of course, we've got um, Admiral De Carrick played by Richard Hatch. Um, and uh, Richard is sort of the counterpart to Tim Russ's character, sort of the military might versus the religious might. And uh, they are uh, sort of in a vie for control, uh, while at the same time trying to fight this war, uh, which humanity is losing. We've got Captain Caitlin Wood, played by Rivka Ravenwood. She's the captain of the carrier. Um, She's from a race called the Mogashis, which are sort of, uh, if we can equate them to anything we would know, they're sort of Klingon. So if you can imagine uh, Kalar from Star Trek uh, The Next Generation, uh, Worf's, I guess she wasn't his wife, was she? She was more like his, anyway, love. Uh, she's fierce, she's powerful, um, and uh, she's also a, an amazing commander, and she's the original. Uh, that we had a transmedia clip released today that explains how she tested our fighter, which is called the Starblade, which is piloted without any real-time controls. It's all piloted by your brain. So um, anyway, that's that, those are the general uh, the general uh, uh, lead characters. We've also got Aaron Eisenberg, who is an assassin. On Deridia, he's under Tim Russ doing his dirty work. And, and if you know anything about Aaron Eisenberg, he's the funniest guy you've ever seen. He's so funny. Go watch our outtakes. But for him to play this serious assassin who, who is just up to always no good, it's, it's such a great, great role for him. In fact, I think it might be my favorite role it is. And I loved him as Nog in Deep Space Nine. 
but uh, I think this is really, really fun for him. Of course, we've got Jasmine Waltz uh, from um, uh, not Undercover Brother. Uh, it's um, uh, Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, and she's actually the holographic visualization and voice of the ship who's uh, been probably given a little too much psychological programming and is always trying to manipulate everyone on the crew to her bidding. It's sort of a fun little backstory. And in future episodes, we'll have Sirach Lofton from Deep Space Nine, uh, Jake Sisko, formerly Jake Sisko. Uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think so, of so, getting you've got a lot else. To, you've got a lot to offer you know, people who are a fan of sci-fi TV shows almost across the board, right? Uh, We've, yeah, I mean, Battlestar, Heroes, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, New Voyages, Continues. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So uh, what I'm going to do, Mark, is I'm going to interrupt you very briefly. When I'm, uh, we're going to take our mid-show break here. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring uh, Jason Hadley's Hollywood Rock and Wrap up in here. Uh, and uh, as is tradition on St. John Baptist Weekend, I like to play a French-Canadian artist. This time he's actually singing an English song, and it's one of my uh, favorites called uh, I'll Always Be There by Rock Voisine. And uh, we'll be back in about five minutes. So, uh, Mark, if you could just mute up, and we'll be right back with you. All right? Okay. It's the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up with your host, Jason Hadley. A Bill Cosby sexual assault trial juror revealed they were deadlocked 10 to 2 that the comedian digitally penetrated his accuser. Although it should be noted that at the time of the incident, digital penetration was only an emerging technology, with analog penetration still considered the industry standard. One of the twin actors who played Baby Oscar in Ghostbusters 2 hung himself in his Escondido, California apartment after losing his battle with mental illness. And evidently, gravity. Rapper Shock G of early 90s hip-hop group Digital Underground was arrested on charges of possessing drug paraphernalia. Police put in a request for a drug-sniffing dog. Unfortunately, Charlie Sheen had to respectfully decline due to a prior commitment. Kim and Kanye are hiring a surrogate to carry the couple's third child. It's the only time you throw $100,000 up the hole. And that's the Hollywood Rockin' Wrap-Up. Follow us on Twitter, at Rockin' Wrap-Up. survive 
was your loving heart and mine. Should you go remember these words as they show just how much I care? Don't you know I'll always be there? audio issue here uh so i apologize for that uh mark i think you were playing the uh the live stream there <laughs> at the end so oh were you oh i'm just i'm actually in my studio oh, okay uh working yeah, on your, project, your, so. your, your, your line was live so uh, oh nice it's <laughs> so good uh that was rock cuisine uh i'll always be there uh him teaming up with uh another great canadian david foster i always thought that was a pretty song uh so, uh, Mark, I th 
think you sent me a message when we were on uh, there that, uh, let me just call this up. So it's only music they tried to look up uh, this show for the broadcast. Yeah, so that that's a non-glitch. I, I've uh, got a little bit of a technical uh, emergency surgery that I need to do, but the, the, you will get a clean copy of the recording, though. So uh, okay. everybody will that's be able great. to listen to it, all right? Uh, Super, that that being great. said, the offer's still on the table. If you have anybody that's sitting around and wants to jump in and have, say a quick hello, uh, I'm happy to do that, too. Great. So, yeah, we were going to have uh, Rivka Wavenred jump in, but apparently her Skype account is not working. So That has happened to me before, too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's the day of free glitches. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Let me also not... say this about Blade of Honor, but, um, and I know you've got a bunch of questions. Um, I want to do a shout-out to the producers who have come on board with me. And The first one is uh, Stephen Stone, who you've seen on television all over the place doing stunt work. Uh, I promise you, you've seen him, uh, but you wouldn't know it was him. And uh, he came on to do all kinds of stuff from from line producing to helping deal with contracts. And he's been you know, a workhorse for us. And also Ryan T. Husk, who if you're in the fan film community at all, you know him from as being a Vulcan, a Romulan. I mean, just about everything. He's been in it and also a, a crowdfunding uh, maven. And he was also there from the beginning. And then um, Clay turnage who has been an assistant director on many productions but uh he is now a producer for us uh you know without them and of course rivka who has been on the writing uh, and production side this simply would not have happened thank you everybody uh i and i mean you got a really you know stellar team that, that that's lined up to, to to support you which is great i mean that that's half the battle when you're doing these crowdfunding campaigns right just having people I, that you can rely I on i'd say it's right? all the battle it's really. all the battle yeah i mean because uh, you know i mean you, it, it takes a village you, as they say right so it really does the thing is people ask me now that we've had several successful crowdfunding campaigns you know oh well show me how to do that i'm like well there's really only one thing i mean there's a lot of things you can do um and if actually if you talk to jody bentley or Nathan Reed, they have a business doing this, and, and that's how I met them, actually, uh, was in one of their seminars. Um, but the, the thing of is, 90%, 95% of it is getting a team of people, because it is a full-time job. It you is, yeah. will, If you have to do it yourself, you will stop everything that you're doing and work 12 hours a day doing this, and that's just not even tenable for 30 days or more. So to, to have a team of people that are excited about the project that are, that know they're going to get some cool perks at the end of it. Cause you're going to give it to them because they're going to work just as hard as you and it could disseminate and assign certain works and to, to, for things to be done. That's how you get, that's how you get it done. Now it, your own uh, most recent one, right? I, I think just completed recently, right? Uh, well, it, uh, as we say in regulation time, it, it completed, but our Indiegogo for post-production is still available uh, it's still uh, still we there still in what we call what they call in demand which is a difference from kickstarter which is when it ends it ends you're done but if you meet your goal before the end of regulation time then it can extend for as long as you'd like and we are extending it because uh, there was such a uh, an acclaim for our voiceover perks where you can get your voice heard in the production or you can get your name heard on the production and those sold out really, really quickly. Well, we have now released a few more spots for you to donate and get both your name and your voice heard on the ship. And we're letting those sell. Uh, and when they do, we'll, we'll complete. Well, I mean, that sounds like a really good problem to have, right? <laughs> it's quality problems. One the, and it came out of uh, Ryan looking at me or talking to me about, well, you know, we can't really offer on set visits anymore because we've shot everything. This is for post-production. Right, and, right. and I was like, well... 
you know, we have all this ancillary footage. We have uh, all this call these call outs that have to happen on the ship during the episode. A bunch of stuff that about hours and hours of actual delivery. We've got over two and a half hours. When this is all said and done, it'll be two and a half hours long. Not just the episode, but all the ancillary transmedia content that we're delivering. And all of that needs background calls from the one MC on the ship. And I said, what if we <laughs> offer this? And I mean, it was like, bam, huge. And people are loving it. And as we continue to release more and more of them, people are seeing that, wow, this is legit. We're really delivering on perks that are really going to happen. Well, no, yeah, nothing sounds better to a person than the sound of their own name. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I've spent a career in sales. And, you know, the, that was one of the lessons that was, you know, driven into me, you know, fast and early was... Uh, you know, it's a very, very easy way to engage people, and it's amazing how powerful the device that can be. Yeah, and, you know, we had it at a price point that wasn't outlandish. Our set visit started, I think, and somebody can direct me if I'm wrong, at $1,500, whereas the, the, which is it's worth it to come meet the cast. I mean, if you'd have been on the set with us, if you were one of those, you would have met Richard Hatch five weeks before he passed. I mean, that's priceless. Uh, you know, like having one of his photos that he signed while he was there. Priceless. I mean, you can't. I mean, we're gonna, we're, you're not going to get one of those somewhere else now. Okay, so, but, I, I mean, you, you, you've touched on Richard Hatch a couple of times, and, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, like to highlight the fact that you did, you know, or at least are planning on making, uh, you know, a bit of a tribute to, to him and his untimely passing, right? So We did, actually. We, we, when we were doing the interviews for the Indiegogo with the crew and cast, uh, I just asked them, I said, you know, is there anything you'd want to say about Richard? And so many people said some really, so many heartfelt things. I said, you know, in, we should just make a tribute for no other reason than to help, just to help keep his memory alive. And uh, I, I'm very proud. I mean, I've known Richard for, I had known Richard for years. Um, and he came on board, not just because the script was great, but because he knew, he had also worked with us on New Voyages on the uh, uh, currently unreleased Torment of Destiny. And I brought him in for that, and he's like, wow, it's great. Let's do this on Torment of Destiny, too. I mean, on uh, Blade of Honor. And uh, we made this tribute, and so many people, so many people. I had a call a couple weeks ago from someone in Australia, Australia, who I don't know, who called just to say thanks for that. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, he touched so many people, millions of people. And, and as we say in the tribute, no, nobody cared more about sci-fi fans than Richard Hatch. And he... Uh, obviously, he was very clear that if it wasn't for sci-fi fans, not just the shows, but the fans, which is what we say. It's not the show. It's the fans right. that make sci-fi yeah. great. I mean, Gene Roddenberry had great ideas. But if we hadn't gone on, if we hadn't all gone to war and said, no, you will make Star Trek, you will continue to make it, uh, CBS, then nobody would care. It would just be a nice idea. And he knew that. Uh, and Richard was just whatever he could do to support fans. And we didn't know that. Uh, he was ill. We knew he was ill, but we didn't know he was had only weeks to live. I don't even think he knew that. But he uh, he did his best. We had, as you can see in our bloopers reel, he had a great time, and uh, we we love him. Well, uh, and it's nice that you have a. Uh, I mean, you know, for for everybody that's involved in his family and everything, that that you know, his last project was something that he really enjoyed doing, and that you know he had a thirst for. Right. And, and um, I mean, it's, you know, it's a nice little memento that you were able to pass on to his uh, to his, uh, his family that, that you put together this tribute to. So, uh, you know, I applaud you for that. That sounds like a really it's, nice idea. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. He we'd been talking with him about this for almost a year. So um, when he was in great health, he was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I love this character. This is this is how I see it going. 
it's like Tim Russ too. Tim, you know, when you work with some of these venerable actors who have been both directors and actors and producers and writers, they don't just say, yeah, sounds good. I'll work. It's like, well, what about this? And you know, what about, what if the character went like this? And, uh, and Tim Russ, you know, uh, I, he, he may have by now spent more time directing than acting. I don't know, but he's, he's such a consummate director as well. He's looking at me going, Hey, so Mark, you know, he's got this voice, <laughs> Mark, this, you know, you want to put the camera here and do this. I'm like, Oh, okay, let's try that. <laughs> you know, you, you just, you just, you're, you're in the presence of greatness and you just, you don't say, Oh no, no, no. I've got my image. You're like, Oh, I do have my vision, but let's shoot both. Let's just do it and see what happens. So, so and, without uh, without uh, you know sort of volunteering too much or you know injecting any plot spoilers because I hate when interviews do that. But hate it. Uh, I hate it. It drives me nuts. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, all I can say is thank you to EW for ruining my experience with Guardians of the Galaxy too. But that's right. I Come on. I I won't go there. But. God that, God, that made me mad. I didn't even know that one guy was in it, and it, I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more than if I... Fortunately, I didn't see it, and uh, my girlfriend and I went and saw it together, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's this actor. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's incredible. He looks great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it, it was, uh, I, I, you know, I, the day literally before my wife and I had planned to go, I picked up because i get ew as a subscription and they don't even hide it it's in the first two pages right yeah god that pisses me off yeah uh, but uh, at the risk of walking a delicate line uh, with respect to uh richard hatch may he rest in peace uh, have you determined what you're going to do with that character or is that still open like are you gonna you know recast it or, or uh, is that really his and that's his and you're gonna bring in somebody else to, to fill the it's, void th it's a great question i mean we've banged it around we don't have to worry about it right now our main goal is obviously to get the pilot done ancillary transmit transmitted content done and then start taking it to networks and have the networks pick it up that's our that's the entire goal and our donors know it we've been very clear the last thing we want to do is keep having to go back to donors to say, hey, we need more episodes, let's get some more money. If we have to, we will, but I, I think it's, it's a unique series. And when we get it to somebody like Maker or Vimeo or Nerdist or wherever we, whatever it ends up, and we've had talks with you know, all those folks, um, then we will partner with them because they're gonna have a really good understanding of their market. I think we have excellent ways of handling it, whether, um, whether he dies, which can be, again, I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending doesn't end real great for our heroes. Um, that he could, he could, you know, move on to other dimensions or recast. Well, I mean, that's so one I, of the beauties of uh, of sci-fi is that that leaves so many venues open for possibilities too, right? Depending mm -hmm. on you know where what you see is best for the you know the property, and I'm sure that's what he would have wanted as well, right? So, well, Richard is Richard is all about whatever makes everybody the most happy, the most powerful, the most empowered, and Richard would have, uh, I mean, if any of you were a part of our Kickstarter campaign back in uh, a year ago. Uh, you were probably privy to the immense amount of PR that went off, and Richard was who they always wanted to talk to. Fortunately, not, nothing wrong with not talking to James or Tim, but we didn't realize he was going to be gone. And they really, our PR firm really went out after him, and he did interview after interview after interview after interview. 
and just his commitment to, well, whatever we got to do to get independent media out. Because if you were an actor and you talked to Richard, he would tell you the same thing he told everybody. Was, Make your own content. Yeah. Don't wait exactly. for directors or yeah. producers. Yeah. Do it. I mean, the, the proliferation of technology and the proliferation of distribution on YouTube and Vimeo and all these other sources. Do it. Do it now. Okay. And uh, that's what he was about. Now, and I, I don't want to cut you short, but I, I, I wanted to make sure on this. On speaking of the proliferation of technology, uh, you also have another project that I, I wanted to make sure you uh, had a couple of minutes to discuss in terms of uh, uh, cinema sound. Yeah, well, it, it sort of goes along with what I'm talking about with Richard. Uh, the proliferation of technology has caused some rifts for independent filmmakers and even actors who just want to run do a reel. Uh, while it's really great to be able to have, be able to buy an incredible uh, cinema camera, uh, sometimes if you don't know how to light, if you didn't know where to put the camera, you got to fix things in DaVinci or Photoshop. Unfortunately, we have those tools. But a lot of times, if you'd shot it right, if you'd lit it right, you could move, save a lot of money in post and, and, make, and just move on because you had had the knowledge. Well, a lot of that knowledge is being lost because technology is so good. It's the same with audio, maybe even more so, where people don't know how to, filmmakers and, and even actors when they're doing an audition, don't even know that you shouldn't use the camera that's on, uh, the microphone that's on board the camera. Even putting a good microphone on a camera is a bad idea. Much better to use other microphones. And then once you have it recorded, how do we make it so that it can compete with everyone else's media or even compete with the other actors when they send an audition? And how do you, how can you access the subconscious brain of everyone that's listening to inherently want to like yours better because yours is louder without making it distorted. How do we do that? How do we get sound effects to sound great, mixes to sound great? How do we clean up dialogue? How do we edit? How do we deliver? All of that stuff is on cinemasound.com. And I have a daily blog that talks about equipment. And we just had one go up for actors, uh, how, to, how to do your uh, auditions and interviews for audio, just strictly audio, because if you, you know, there, there's a reason why people didn't throw themselves off bridges when they watched silent movies or horror silent movies. <laughs> and there is a reason why people did throw themselves off bridges when they watched a certain radio show that we all know what that was. Yeah. yeah. War of the Worlds. And yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah. And audio, I believe, is 80% of the audience's impact. If you remove audio and watch a beautiful $50 million film, it has nowhere near the impact as if you watch it as a radio show and turn the video off. And everybody just, a lot of people disagree, but they know it's true when you just try it. So I want to make sure that independent filmmakers get all the tools that they have to be able to compete with Hollywood from, their, from the impact. You know, they may not have $50 million, but if you've got $5,000, you can still make a powerful impact with a narrative or even just interviews if you get the audio right and compete on that level. Because if you go through the cinema sound education, we have 85 hours of education to get this right. It's like a master's degree. It takes you from the beginnings all the way to the end. And then the blog is there to help you out. And for anyone who's doing fan films or crowdfunded films, this is the resource that I want you to have at your disposal. Okay. And, and that's what uh, I'm about. And, and this kiddies for all of you listening out there if you're worried and wondering about how to promote a project i'm going to cite this interview this is how you do it you get somebody who's really passionate about what they're doing who's really knowledgeable about a whole bunch of different things who's got a business plan in place 
Mark, what can I tell you? I'm really impressed, and this is one of the best interviews I've done this year, probably. So. Oh well, thank uh, you. I just passion makes up for a lot of bad talking, and I'm incredibly. I may not speak really well, but I have an incredible passion for independent film. I'm really. I've had enough of independent filmmakers with all their passion, not having the technology, the technique, and the skill to be able to make what their dreams for their audiences feel like. And I know how to help people do that. And then I obviously bring it to Blade of Honor and the other projects that I'm involved in because that's how you do it. So where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? Let's get on a quick plug for your websites before I have to uh, shut this off here. Uh, well, we have uh, bladeofhonor.tv is our website. And then if you would like, and we would love it, if you would happen by our Indiegogo campaign that's still going, it's uh, it's a bit.ly link, bit.ly slash IGG, like Indiegogo, Blade, bit.ly slash IGG Blade. Our Facebook is Blade of Honor Series. And uh, I mean, those are, the, those are the basic ones that you need. We have, and if you want to see any of our uh, YouTube videos, just search for Blade of Honor. You'll get the Lem Studio Productions, which is our production company uh, that's distributing them. That's there. And then Cinema Sound, simple as cinemasound.com. Excellent. Okay, so uh, Mark, if you could just uh, hang on, I'm going to tie this up, and uh, I'll take a, I'll take it offline with you just for a quick second. But uh, I'd like to thank my guest today, Mark Edward Lewis. It's been a this has been a really fun conversation. And uh, Mark, I'd be proud to have you back, or anybody from your team on. If you if you need my help, let me know. All right. Thank you, Casey. Thank uh, you so much. All right. So that's going to do it for me this week. Uh, on behalf of my guest, Mark Edward Lewis, you've been Casey, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. We'll talk to you guys next Sunday. Cut, print, wrap. And I am done. That was another edition of The Cutting Room Floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.